1: Welcome, everyone, to the SI Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Traynor, back for another week. Thanks so much for listening, downloading. Please, if you haven't subscribed, do that. Rate, review, it all helps tremendously. There was so much sports media news in the past week. Uh, Bob Costas and his story there with NBC and the NFL coming out, the the debut of the AAF and their rating with uh, CBS beating the ABC NBA game Saturday night. Uh, Charles Woodson leaving ESPN's NFL pregame show. Still some fallout from Adnan Virk, the success of ESPN Plus so far. And uh, the man coming on, John O'Ran from Sports Business Journal. He broke the story about the Thanksgiving games being Bears, Lions, and Dolphins, Cowboys. If you listen to this podcast, John gives you a little news and tells you what the Thursday night Thanksgiving game will be. Save that uh, Save that for the SI Media Podcast. We appreciate that. So when you listen to this uh, edition, John O'Ran from Sports Business Journal will tip you off on the NFL matchup you'll see Thanksgiving night. So we get into all that and much more. We took some user, listener, reader questions, I guess you can say, because I put them on Twitter. I asked for questions on Twitter and people sent them in. So we answer those in the podcast as well. And uh, make sure you check out past editions in the archive. Andrew Marchand last week. And, uh, Steve Carell, two weeks ago, Bill Walton, who ate a lit cupcake on the air this week is in the archives from three weeks ago. So check it all out. And now let's get this edition, an interview with John O'Ran of sports business journal underway right now. All right. Joining me now, so much media news. I had to bring on John O'Ran from sports business journal covers it all broke some good little stories this week that we'll get into John. How are you?
2: Doing great, Jimmy. Thanks for having me, man.
1: My pleasure. Like I said, this was, this was a week to have you on because there's been a lot of sports media news um, coming out. You broke a couple of things. Let me start with Bob Costas because I wrote about that in Monday's Train of Thoughts. I thought ESPN did a really, really good job with the piece. Uh, I think I, I know I took Costas to task a little bit, which I, I don't think many media people like to do. But obviously, it's the NFL and NBC here who, who come out poorly. I just think, you know, Bob should have never taken the Sunday night gig. He made his feelings clear about the NFL way before he took that job. What did you think of the ESPN story and winners and losers in the fallout?
2: Uh, to be honest, I'm not sure if anybody comes across looking looking all that good, Jimmy. I, 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 certainly, the the, the NFL... Uh, you know, they came out with a statement that was just sort of like a, a bizarre statement. Like, you know, we're not making our commissioner available to anybody. I mean, they could have just kind of said, look, we never got a request in and we we don't we didn't care one way or another if uh, if Costas was going to be out there. Uh, NBC, you know, which is, you know, as NBC News associated with it, you know, the fact that they couldn't handle a, uh, you know, a Bob Casas giving a, a, a head trauma halftime essay, you know, and, and, or or that we're a little bit uh, nervous about having him host the Super Bowl, you know. That doesn't if that had happened at ESPN, there would be this similar sort of, you know, you know, holy hell what's going on type of thing. Right. And then the, just sort of the angst that Costas felt. Like you know like, like I mean, he regretted opening up and talking about this and he just feels he feels a lot of angst I think about um um you know making that the the story said this perfectly he a lot of things about making you know millions making his fortune off the nfl right but just sort of like hating himself for it and hating the fact that he that he was propping up a sport that he thinks causes you know head trauma and, and a lot of other problems Whoa. so i think i think he came across a, a little bit whiny here and there mm-hmm. like like why is he why is he picking now to do it right. but uh i don't think anybody other than uh, uh, outside the lines really came across, you know, looking looking great. I would say the author's name, but I never <laughs> pronounce Mark's last name right. correctly, so I apologize now, Mark, if you're listening. I
1: my I don't mind sort of Bob coming out now with the truth. I mean, it is a little weird to me that he did go out of his way. It seems like for a year to say everything was amicable, no issues. Just you know, they parted ways, and that was it. And then he came out. Well, I guess he was doing interviews for a while with ES- with Outside the Lines, and then it all came out on Sunday. But uh, again, in that ESPN story, they say that Bob asked off the NFL coverage in 93, I believe it was, when the NBC had the daytime package. Then they get the Sunday night package. Dick Ebersol asks him to do it. And Bob says, well, I wanted to be a good trooper. So I said yes. But he had all these issues with the NFL at the time. So like, yes. The fan in me, just as you know, Jimmy a sports fan, yes, I think Roger Goodell's the worst. I think the NFL are bullies, and I think they're very shady. But from a practical business standpoint, I can understand why they don't want Bob Costas going on at halftime of a Sunday night game and saying, well, this is a death sport and everyone's brains get scrambled. Okay, here we go. Let's go. Second <laughs> half. Steelers and Dolphins coming up after this break. I mean, it is an unrealistic expectation from Costas, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I don't
2: think he actually uh, went that far. And, and the one thing about Bob is he is a company man. NBC paid a ton of money to bring on Sunday Night football. It was a big bet. He's the face of NBC, and so yeah, he, he went. He went and did, it. and he didn't do it as a play-by-play guy, or really even as a studio. He just sort of like the halftime and gave an essay, which more often than not, uh, by, by a huge percentage, dealt with a. Uh, Play on the field or football, but every now and then he got into gun control. I know he talked about the Redskins once. It really irritated people in the market that I live in. Right. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, so he did take on a lot of the issues that, uh, you know, uh, went outside of the field that would rankle the league.
1: It, it, it just came across to me as Bob wanted his cake and wanted to eat it too. He wanted to work on Sunday Night Football and then bash the NFL. It, it's a tough spot.
2: You can't really do that, no matter who you are. Let me say, like most, I think like most journalists, I'm a I'm a huge fan of Bob Costas, right. and I think that his retirement is uh, th- there's nobody else there. I mean, the, the story t- talked about him uh, over in um, Sochi, you know, talking about uh, uh, the Russian government's you know harsh actions with uh, human rights or gay rights. I mean, can you imagine? Uh, Mike Tirico doing that. I mean, Mike Tirico replaced uh, Casas on that. That's not in, in what he does. Mm-hmm. Or can you imagine, you know, uh, uh Joe Buck or Jim Nance going against his boss's wishes and, and like asking David Stern about like Michael Jordan's gambling uh, rumors, you mm-hmm. know, which, uh, which Casas did back in 93. I think with Bob Casas, he was such a unique broadcaster and I'm not sure if we will never see his likes again, but I don't think that we see his likes currently in uh, in sports TV, and I think that's a shame.
1: Yeah, I, I'm. I don't know. I always I have a different take on Costas. But I want to get into that. I, listen, he's great at what he does. No one can can dispute that. No,
2: but I mean I'm, I'm sure. Like you, like uh, I know. Look, I have a lot of friends that find him to be pompous and find uh, you know that, that don't want to hear uh, right. that that stuff. they they're, they're watching as an escape and they want to see sports. I I, got to say, as a reporter, I loved what he did.
1: I don't mind hearing it. I think maybe the tone of, you know, I'm smarter than you. Let me educate you. And this is how it is. You know, that's what turned me off. But I will say this. Now, here's where the NFL, to me in this story, is just pathetic. Costas gets booted off the Super Bowl coverage in 2018 and then comes up with this idea of let me interview Goodell this way it doesn't look like I got kicked off and there's not this swirling controversy about my role in the pregame show. Okay, now, yes, maybe a little surf-serving, but not the worst idea in the world. The NFL comes back with, well, Goodell never does interviews on pregame shows at the Super Bowl. So th- another one who wants it both ways. I mean, NBC is paying billions and billions of dollars for the rights, for NFL rights. You can't give Roger Goodell for 10 minutes for an interview of your
2: own league they're just hiding him it's absurd you know i've covered i've covered business like my my whole career i've never seen really anything like what happens in sports television where you have you know uh, i mean the whole last year we were writing about espn's relationship with the nfl espn pays two billion dollars a year to the nfl and still has to out to them usually when you pay somebody that much money, the people that get the money have to kowtow back to you. Right. But the NFL is, is is so popular and there are so many examples of what happened to NBC when they lost the NFL and to CBS when they lost the NFL and to Fox when they got the NFL right. that, uh, that, that, that doesn't make them hold, uh, have such a heavy hand and an iron fist that they that they hold over all the networks. It's it's really yeah. it's really unique to uh, to sports media. I think.
1: I mean, every network that airs the NFL this year came out and said they're not going to mention sports gambling, and then took the hit and took the fall and said it was their decision. I don't believe it for a second. I believe the NFL told them, "Don't mention it," because if the NFL didn't tell all the networks not to mention it, one of these networks would have been mentioning point spreads and over unders. There's no doubt about it. So it's not that they listen to the NFL. It's that they listen to the NFL's orders and then cover up for the NFL. That's what I can't get over.
2: Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not sure what, what, what the NFL told them with regards to gambling, but I do know that all, all the networks have said that, right. uh, you know, that they're starting to dip their toe in a little bit more, but uh, what? Uh, I'm not sure what, what, what happened in terms of that.
1: What a coincidence that every network decided not to cover it. What a coincidence.
2: I feel like I'm getting into hot water. You made me stutter there, Jimmy. That's okay. Nice job.
1: I said that. No one else.
2: <laughs> um, good. Good.
1: Let's go to. Uh, I don't know if I want to do Adnan Verk or the AAF. Let's go to the AAF real quick.
2: Adnan Verk, I feel like last week it, with the, uh, the type well, of week we're having, it, right? Yes, that For was last year. I mean, it
1: does. It does. On the AAF Alliance of American Football, terrible league name, by the way. Uh, they got a nice rating Saturday night. I guess it outrated. Well, here's what I find funny. I don't know if you want to comment on this. I'll comment it, and they can call me if they have an issue. But I love how it comes out that the AAF on Saturday night on CBS beat the NBA game on ABC, and then the ESPN PR department basically is doing cartwheels to let people know that the rating was off by, like, 0.1. I mean, really? Are you that sensitive that your rating was misrepresented by 0.1? You got to have better. the, the final
2: numbers came in and the final numbers did show that the AAF had more viewers than, uh, right. Than, uh, than the NBA game. Yeah. So that, but that's the only game
1: for the AAF that's going to be on CBS, correct? Aren't all the games going to be CBS network and NFL
2: network now going no. forward? Uh, the championship game is going to be right. on uh, CBS and, uh, TNT is going to do one on uh, All Star Saturday Night and uh, and one other, I think, playoffs game. But uh, by and large, you're right. CBS Sports Network and, and NFL Network.
1: Right. So that number is not going to be happening again. What What did you make of the They're number? They're
2: not going to get close to that again. Right. What did you I make? Thought it was a good number. I think what I what, what was unique about that number, Jimmy, is that like I think that they learned from. Um, the XFL way back when was, you know, posted a, a, a gigantic number. What was it? Like a, 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 a nine, the top of my head it was like a nine. Yeah. 9.4 yeah. or something. And, and then just started going down. There was really relatively little promotion pushing this first game. Right. I think they just kind of like, I think they're content to start, you know, relatively slowly and really build up the app and build up a lot of the, um, the engagement that comes around some of their, their, uh, their, um, you know, digital uh, play. And, and the, the whole idea of, the, of TV ratings and, and attendance, they think that if the uh, if the league really starts to build up and go, that will follow. But they, they, they want to make sure, and I think compared to the first XFL game or the first couple, the play on the field on, on Saturday, I thought was, was much better than I was expecting. Well,
1: yeah, I'm surprised you, you just did it yourself. I'm, I'm surprised how many people keep bringing back that XFL debut because I feel like that was... That was as much a spectacle to see what Vince McMahon was. That wasn't about the football. That was, I think, a lot of wrestling fans tuning in to see what Vince had up his sleeve, even non-wrestling fans. I mean, I remember they had, you know, the the, the Monday Night Raw announced team, Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler, calling the games. The Rock came out and gave a, a pregame speech on that first game, if I'm not mistaken, on the field. How could you not see what Vince, you know, how could you not check in to see what Vince McMahon, who is the ultimate, you know, wringling, brothers in Barnum and Bailey circus creator, you had to tune in to see what he can do. So I I think the comparisons are a little unfair for the AAF to that, because that was a complete spectacle. And because it of Vince, is. yeah
2: But but like also, you, if, if you recall, like, you didn't know what was going to happen. I half expected the defensive end to, to go with the holding chair at the quarterback, right. you know, the, the, the way they were marketing this thing. And what you ended up seeing Instead, like after after Vince McMahon and after The Rock, and it was it's actually Matt Baskerjan was doing play by play on yeah. on, the, on the very first one before he got uh, booted to sort of the, the the B games. Right. But uh, you know, once all of that ended and you were just stuck with the football on the field, the football really stunk. The football right. was like really. really right. I mean, th- those were those were teams that wouldn't have beaten major college uh, teams. Uh, I, I think, but AAF, I think it's an open question. I mean, do you think Alabama would would, would beat any one of those teams, I think it could be a good game. Right.
1: That's intriguing. And listen, CBS is giving you credibility. They're using real, you know, Spiro Didis, Gary Danielson, Adam Archuleta all doing the games. And there's betting lines, which always helps, especially in this day and age. You know, it's funny, People, you brought up, you know, what Vince was going to do it, and you said the quality play stunk and was terrible. And then once people realize that and the ratings... I don't think there's ever been any show in the history of television that had a ratings plummet like the XFL. And then Vince obviously got desperate. And then I remember there was one game where they were having cameras in the cheerleaders' locker room. So I, <laughs>
2: it's, you know, leave it to Vince. And they marketed that all week,
1: Oh if yeah, I
0: recall, right? Yeah. So leave it to Vince. <laughs>
1: so, um, I, The question, I, I, what's interesting to me about the AFF is when this XFL reboot does come, which is supposed to be a much more serious version than the first go around, now you really uh, i think the XFL is going to be dead on arrival just because people are not going to take two non-NFL leagues in the off season.
2: Yeah, they have uh they have really serious minded people uh running running the league, you know, Oliver Luck, Andrew Luck's dad is a uh, is sort of the commissioner of the league and and you know he comes from the NCAA background. Um the you know they're making a lot of sort of strategic hires and I, I like if the AAF didn't exist, I'd be uh, uh, really uh, taking a look at the XFL as as somebody like wow that th- this is this is going to be really interesting. Right now, just kind of seeing how these these two operate. But I got a question for you, for me. I know you're a a big gambler. Did right. you gamble on the AAF? I did, I did you gamble not on that game.
1: I did not. Even oh, okay, I drew thanks. the line somewhere.
2: <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was about to get worried for you no. it,
1: maybe in week two after i scout the teams but certainly not in week one that's for sure <laughs> not in week one it was listen i mean i think it, it's perfect content for the cbs sports network and the nfl network in the offseason there's
2: nothing i don't see the downside of them airing those games no no i i in fact uh you know, the the thing that really surprised me with this is the way these networks were sort of falling over themselves to get this content. I mean, getting deals with TNT and Bleacher, getting deals with NFL Network, right. having CBS, a broadcast channel put it on, and the XFL is sit, sitting on deals that are going to see its games on ABC, the broadcast network, and Fox, the broadcast network. I mean, these are big, major deals that a lot of uh, – established leagues, like, you know, yeah. pro lacrosse league would love to have. The MLS would kill to be on uh, on broadcast as much as uh, either of these two leagues are. I mean, it's a, it's yeah. pretty impressive, I think.
1: The XFL on ESPN is crazy to me. Um, now, what's your takeaway from it beating the NBA? Just people turning it. The NBA ratings have been down this year, I guess. Um, I, I chalk it up to LeBron going out west and losing a lot of that. Power on the eight o'clock TNT ESPN game. Now he's playing at ten thirty at night. Do you think the NBA uh, ratings are a problem for the league yet, or wait to the playoffs? What do you make of the NBA situation right now?
2: Uh, You know the TNT Thursday night uh, package, which really depended on LeBron in in the early window to sort of lead into the league window, has been dinged, you know pretty pretty good. Uh, I think uh, the ABC package is doing okay, and I think ESPN's not down significantly so i right. i'm not i like if i'm the nba it's it's you know you're taking a look at it but i i don't think it's really cause for major upheaval or shake-up right. and uh let's wait and see what the storylines are going into the playoffs
1: and the, so the espn saturday night though i think they've only had two or three games right if i'm not mistaken it just, oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah
2: that was, that, 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 that was a thought that espn yeah. put in the back of my head but you're right yeah. <laughs> there are only a couple yeah Uh, Speaking
1: of ESPN, uh, I'm intrigued by their success so far with ESPN+. Plus. Um, They've done it the right way. They have live events, UFC, soccer, uh, and I think they said last week 2.5 million subscribers. Can you sort of explain for us how big that is for for their app that's $5 a month? $5 a month,
2: and they have more subscribers than the WWE Network, which launched a while ago, which... you know, several years ago, which you might, you might expect. I mean, well, about
1: uh, one thing I'll just say quickly, the WWE network is $10 a month You know, that could be a factor in the, the price difference. there. And might. it's only,
2: and if you have to be a WWE fan, so right, like, of course. You, you know, with, with, with ESPN plus, if you're a soccer fan, you're getting it. If you're a, a combat sports fan, UFC or boxing, you're getting it. Right. If you're a small college basketball fan, you know, you're getting it. So that they're trying to hit a whole bunch of different people, in order to get it, the big question that I have, and no, no, nobody really outside of ESPN knows this yet, is what does their subscriber base have to get to in order to start making a profit? Because if they do start making a profit on this, and I'm not sure what it is, mm-hmm. I've seen every, everywhere from like 5 million to 7 million, so you know they're well on their way uh, to get that. But once they start making a profit on it, it's gonna, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's a pretty, uh, pretty good uh, way to, to start for, uh, for those guys.
1: I just, I get nervous about what else is going to end up on there. You know, I, 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 it's not affecting me because I'm not a soccer guy. I'm not a UFC guy, but I feel like I already pay for too much stuff. And then if they put good college football games on there or an MLB, I don't, I don't think MLB will ever happen. But um, if, if any good exclusive stuff gets on there, I'm going to have to fork over the cash. I'm not happy about that.
2: Yeah, I could see an MLB game getting up there. I mean, you, I know you're a Yankee fan in New York, so you're going to see all the Yankee games that right. you want. But if you're a Yankee fan, say in Seattle, you know I bet you they're going to have a couple of games that you might be able to get nationally that are only going to be on ESPN Plus. I mean, that's that's going to be a, a deal that they're going to have to sign with baseball that they haven't already. But I, I'd be shocked if baseball's not. I mean, baseball did the deal with Facebook for goodness sakes for for afternoon programming. I I could see them doing a. A similar type of deal with the small package of games for uh, Fred Plus.
1: I don't know which one is... What would be worse? The. I'd rather pay... I guess I'd rather pay to watch a baseball game on ESPN Plus than watch it for free on Facebook, but that's just me. I
2: I'll, I'll take the Facebook because the comments always make me laugh. Oh God. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I. It's the my... worst of America coming out yeah. in a MLB. It's my
1: mission in life to never read a Facebook comment. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Let's do you have, like you mentioned, the Adnan Verk thing was last week and it was a big story last week. People were definitely interested in that story. Um, I would, I, 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 when I was thinking all week about if that was even a bigger name at ESPN who did that, how big the story would be because it got a ton of play, uh, with Adnan Verk. Is there anything further? I mean, I guess, is he not going to speak or give his side of the story until this gets to court? I, I would assume he can't really speak if he's going to file a lawsuit.
2: I, would, I don't know. Uh, I, I haven't actually reached out to, to him uh, on this. I would wait to see the process go through, see what ESPN is going to do. You can bet if ESPN is going to pay, pay out the contract that the, there's going to be some sort of silence uh, fee to go along with that. Uh, I don't expect it to hear from him anytime soon, but if he wants to, to get his career back up and running, it's going to be something that, that I think he's going to have to address at some point in terms of – of what happened, and and uh, you know, just his his side of the story, uh, which is getting out in, the, in in the press a lot. But uh, you know, you, you want to hear it from him.
1: Have you heard anything about anyone reaching out to him in terms of a job, MLB Network or uh, Zone? I guess that's how you say it. I always say Dazin Dazone because they're gonna have an MLB show. Do we know if there are any feelers out, or did this story? Do you th- or do you think? the accusations against Verk of leaking the information to all of that, which I guess isn't even an accusation. I guess it's pretty much true. I guess his issue is that he was fired instead of suspended, which makes you think he's admitting it. Uh, do you think that's hurt him in terms of his future or, or will other companies overlook that?
2: Uh, I think companies would overlook it. I think what he has going in his favor is that he's with CAA and CAA, like I'm not sure whether there've been any feelers or not about him specifically, mm-hmm. but I do know CAA and, and Nick Khan and that whole group—they talk to everybody. Right. So he's going to be part of 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 whoever they talk to. He's a, he is a good talent, and you know, you mentioned the Dayzone Whip Around Show. I could see Skipper. He has a very close relationship with the guys at CAA. I see Fox. They have a very close relationship with the guys at CAA. I mean, I could easily see him landing at one of those two yeah. places, and those two places happen to have the baseball contract.
1: Right, and FS1 has that Whip Around Show as well, so he can – do that. Um, it, it, do you chalk this up to just Jimmy Pitaro, the the relatively new president of ESPN, just sort of tightening up the ship and, and cleaning things up? It, it does sound like, I know a lot of media people are outraged that they fired him. And I'm always... As someone who has been laid off, I, I, I hate seeing that. I think that's like the ultimate last resort. But I guess what played a role in it is not just that he leaked the information, but they went with him. ESPN went to him knowing he had leaked it, and then he denied it. And I guess maybe that played a role in it, which is sort of then, I mean, you see ESPN side maybe a little bit in this. Uh, but what
2: what does this say about Jimmy Pitaro? You know, I think that, my, my read on the situation is that he was the wrong person at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. And they nabbed him and, and, and they wanted to make a statement, ESPN and Jimmy Patara that, I mean, if you think about um, Jimmy Patara's first sort of uh, uh, um, meeting in Bristol, you know, he brought everybody in Bristol together and somebody recorded that um, meeting for the big lead. Right. And I think it was Ryan Glass Beagle. I can tell you internally that irritated just everybody in the executive ranks who were all, who've been consistently irritated by the amount of leaking that's been coming out of ESPN. So like, so Adnan Virk just happen to be the guy that the next guy that they sort of caught in terms of doing that. And then they just wanted to to, to make a statement. That's sort of how I read, uh, read what happened with that. Like, right. I, I don't think it's much more than that. And I think that this was a message I can tell you it's a message that that has gotten around to um, to the rest of the talent over there. I mean, they'll they'll still talk, but the idea of the talent actually is sort of putting their neck out and trying to get added information is you know is uh, something that's you know probably not going to happen as 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 regularly as as it did in the past.
1: Well, right right after they uh, ESPN fired Adnan Verk because he was leaking information, and that story was broken by Andrew Marshan and we covered it. On last week's SI Media podcast, someone leaks to Andrew Marshan that Charles Woodson is out on the ESPN NFL pregame show Sunday <laughs> Countdown. So, Amazing how
2: that works, right? Isn't yeah. that crazy? So much for those leaks. Um, <laughs> and, Look, the leaks are still going to happen. I, I, I have yet to met a, meet a company, uh, run across a company that has no leaks. Leaks right, happen, right? But uh, but I, I think that people are going to be much more discerning in who they leak to and how they, how they leak information.
1: And the guy who broke the story about someone getting fired for leaking then breaks the story that Charles Woodson is out. Now, a couple of things on the Woodson thing. Um, well, first of all, let me let me take – I know Andrew Marchand doesn't write the headline, so I'm not going to take him to test. But, I mean, the New York Post saying big shakeup at Sunday countdown. Oh, well, Charles Woodson left. That's not exactly a big shakeup yet. Do you see a big shakeup happening? Will there be other moves, or do you think it's just a matter of them uh, – Finding someone to replace Charles Woodson, or do you expect more changes on the ESPN Sunday Countdown show?
2: Um, you know, this the Sunday Countdown show always goes through a, a series of changes. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if there was more than just Charles Woodson uh, to, to, to be changed out. But uh, I think that's that is sort of part and parcel with that show. That show has had a lot of upheaval over the past couple of years, over the past, like you know how, how long five six years. Yeah. They, they, they do a, a reset. Every,
1: ever since they broke up the Boomer and Tom Jackson thing, it sort of has been a cast of many. Um, before and I get Boomer's to the.
2: Boomer's been getting back a lot more recently. So, I mean, could, could he see an, an increased role this? I mean, that, would that be considered a shake-up? I mean, that's something that I wouldn't be too surprised at seeing.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't either. I think he would want to do it. I think they'd want him to do it. So, I could see that happening. Um, before I get to the next topic, let me just uh, take a little break here, John, just to tell the SI Media Podcast listeners about this episode being sponsored by Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get things started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data, and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections, such as the 100 most popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of the SI Media Podcast a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. How do you get that? Sign up at simedia.robinhood.com. That's simedia.robinhood.com. All right, let's get back to John O'Ran on the SI Media Podcast. Uh, Let's get to the – you had some news on the Thanksgiving games for the NFL uh, you said it's going to be Bears-Lions and Dolphins-Cowboys. And there was also a report, I think it was by you, correct me if I'm wrong, that the NFL is considering not doing the defending champion Patriots on that opening Thursday night game, and it might be Bears-Packers. So it seems like we're going to get a lot of Bears this season in the NFL, huh?
2: we going to get a lot more Bears than we got in the past. I mean, one of the reasons that uh, TV executives think that the ratings were up this year is because the Bears... Were, were a lot better than they had been in the past. And the whole Chicago market bought into them. And right. the Bears ratings in particular went up. So I think that you're going to see a lot more Bears. I think the Chiefs are are, are, are a proven rate ratings getter uh, based on last year. Uh, people still like the Rams despite their Super Bowl performance. So I think you're going to see a lot more of the Rams. And, of course, you can just throw in Dallas and Pittsburgh and New England and the Packers are, you know, to, to fill in on that.
1: What What's the mindset of not doing the Patriots on that opening night? What's the NFL thinking there?
2: So that the NFL, um, this is the 100th season of, uh, of NFL football. Um, and so they they thought that it would be the way to kick it off is to have the oldest rivalry, um, and that's the, the Bears-Packers gotcha. and have it in, in Soldier Field. And uh, they would end up taking the Super Bowl champion and put them on Sunday night and uh, and, and have them play probably the Giants or, or somebody like that. But um, but the, the idea is that they really want to do something – they really want to blow out this uh, 100th uh, celebration, and they they think the way to do it is is with um, is with that game. And why are they
1: going to give us the Dolphins on Thanksgiving against the? That is a brutal game. <laughs> brutal.
2: <laughs> Who knows? I mean, it, it, maybe it could, it could end up being good. I, so there are two schools of thought here. Uh, Fox has in the past really pushed for a really good Thanksgiving game because they think that it gets b- better ratings. CBS views Thanksgiving a little bit differently, where they, they think at 4 o'clock on the East Coast on Thanksgiving Day, people sit in front of the television and they watch football, period. What, what, right. Regardless of who that is, you're just used to watching Dallas at home play whatever. And so I think that you're seeing that sort of come out with this, where it's like the Dolphins are available. CBS doesn't, you know, they're so worried, they don't want to take a really good game. That would be a four o'clock game in another window. That would that ah. be a big ratings scatter. Interesting. And so they 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 they, they need. To, there are only so many good games, and so they right. think that they can. I I don't want to say sacrifice. They think they're going to get a big rating on Thanksgiving, regardless. No matter of what. in that game.
1: It's an yeah. interesting theory. Okay, so they figure yeah 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 okay. Save the better game for something. And
2: and by the way, it's going to work because I'm gonna at four o'clock. I'm gonna watch Dallas play. Whoever it had, Jacksonville, right. Dolphins, whoever it happens to be, right?
1: Everybody right. watches the. Floor. I'm hearing it's likely
2: yep. to be the Dolphins.
1: Yeah. Um, do we have anything on this Thursday night, the Thanksgiving night game? That's always a good one.
2: Uh, yeah, you know, I didn't actually write about this, but I have heard that, uh, that Minnesota, Philadelphia, is is one that's in play. Okay. Uh, because the, the 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 thing that is also interesting about this is. You know, everybody wants Dallas on their schedule. Dallas is, especially if they're a playoff team, is the the best team in terms of te- uh, television ratings. And Dallas can only play, uh, you know, two two Thursday games. One is always on Thanksgiving, and then it has to be the week after that because they can't they can't have two short week uh, games because of NFL rules. Right. So the likelihood is the week after Thanksgiving, you'll have a, a Thursday night game between the Dallas uh, Dallas and the Eagles. That would be a you know, uh, Thursday night game on Fox. Right. So that's uh, that's something to look there. But I I, I didn't I didn't write that because it's you know it's it's not dead set, but I, I'm told that that's pretty likely.
1: So Vikings Eagles on that Thanksgiving night. That's a good one.
2: That would yeah. be good. Which is one that I would watch, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's a good game for sure. Yeah. Um. This is a weird one. I'm going to throw at you. Did you happen to see the or hear the Jim Gray interview on? Uh, I always get it. There's EEI and then what's the other Boston station up there? Um,
2: I, I, I saw the write-up on it that, that uh, one of the blogs had. I forget which one.
1: It might have been mine because I wrote it up, and it was extremely bizarre.
2: You have to watch the video. It, it, it sounds weird. I, it, it sounds like if somebody in another pod asked if I knew Jimmy <laughs> Train had ever been on there, and I didn't want to admit that. <laughs> Where did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, 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 it does make me wonder, like, why, uh, why he want, uh, wants to downplay that sort of relationship. I would think it would help him if, if he wants to get more interviews or get more uh, access to well, certain places. But,
1: well, uh, what was bizarre was that he, Jim Gray was taken aback that people would be fascinated that he was friends with Oprah Winfrey. I think anyone would be fascinated if anyone is friends with Oprah Winfrey. So to be shocked that people would ask you about that... It was such a weird
2: reaction by Jim Gray. Or to be on a station in Boston and be surprised that people want to know why you're hanging out with Giselle. Right. right? I mean, yeah. I, I would imagine that would be something that I would have to address. Yeah. Um, I just thought of one that I didn't
1: actually have in my head, but it just popped into my head. I heard some rumblings. Uh, I think they were on some wrestling websites that originally with Fox acquiring the WWE, Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, the plan was... Uh, monday night raw would be on fox no no i'm sorry they acquired smackdown and smackdown was supposed to be on fox and now i'm hearing it may be fs1 have you heard anything about that
2: uh i've not heard that and it would uh, that that would really shock me uh because the the reason they did that deal is you know the fox sold all of its entertainment assets to disney as everybody knows and one of the things they wanted to do with with the Fox broadcast channel is to to make it sort of leaner and meaner, and that means like they want to strip out Thursday night as football night. They want to have Friday night was going to be another the, the wrestling night, and they wanted to fill their nights with live or live like programming, like reality programming. Right. So the, one of the main reasons they went out to get uh, wrestling was not was not to put it on FS1. It was to really anchor a, a night on. Um, on Fox. The, now, the, one of the things that I that I've always thought, Jimmy, is that the, they would take an ex, uh, th- they would produce an extra hour and possibly put that on FS1. Right. Um. Uh, so I think that there there's a possibility for FS1 to end up with a WWE package, but the idea of them taking it off of Fox broadcast, I I I see that as a non-starter. I have, I haven't heard that, and it would it would really really surprise me.
1: Yeah, I guess the 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 ratings for Monday Night Raw have been plummeting, going down a lot. Now, Fox doesn't have Raw. They have SmackDown, and uh, there's some speculation in the wrestling community that they're going to put it on FS1 instead of Fox, but it, I don't want to press you on it if you haven't done the reporting on it, So, um, but maybe something to uh, keep an eye on for sure. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that's not true. I'm just saying that yeah. it, it would go... It, that would mean that Fox executives are doing a complete 180 about why they want that the WWE programming. So, yeah. I, 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 I'll make some calls on it, but I, I would, I have some healthy skepticism that that's, uh, that's the case.
1: Me too. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I got a, I asked people on Twitter for some questions, and I got a decent amount here, and there are a couple I think you would be way better to answer than me, so if you don't mind, I, I would love to throw them at you.
2: Cool. Just as long as it, does, it doesn't involve Oprah, I'm happy no, to
1: answer. No, Oprah. I will not put you on the spot like that and then end the interview. All case. right, thanks, man. Um, <laughs> at Two Weeks with Pay, I want to know how will... The Super Bowl ratings being rating being down affect ads next year for Fox.
2: Um, I don't think it will f- affect ads for Fox at all. Super Bowl ratings are down, but uh, and the fact that they went under 100 million viewers for the first time in a decade is something uh, that is not a huge concern, but should be a little bit of a concern. You know, you want to see where that goes. I think that there are reasons for that happening, but 98 million viewers. Is so far above the second place show on uh, on US TV, right. and it's it, you know advertisers they don't have a place to go where they get a mass audience like that. So the the idea that the uh, ad rates are going to come down, I think, is is a folly. I would. I, yeah. I mean, it's they're they're going to remain over five million dollars for a thirty-second spot. I'm certain going into next year.
1: You know, I, I wrote a column about the rating being down, and I thought I'd love to get your take on this because I thought it was the perfect storm in that you had the New Orleans Saints fans boycotting the game. There was so much Patriots fatigue; people couldn't take them anymore. And then, obviously, the game was unwatchable, and then there were a couple of other things I didn't even think about. Uh, you know, the Los Angeles market there. People in L.A. just don't care about the NFL. Um, There were a couple of – oh, uh, St. Louis market didn't give a big rating because they're still bitter. The Rams left. It really felt like the perfect storm to get that viewership number under $100 Yeah,
2: Jimmy, I was in Atlanta that week, and I have to tell you, walking around the streets of Atlanta – it seemed to me to be ninety percent Patriots fans. Like I didn't see Rams paraphernalia anywhere, yeah. and that to me just suggested that the the Rams still have a long way to go to really build out a, a, a fan base and a rab a big rabid fan base that's worth the number two uh, media market. Yeah. So, like if you, if you compare the um, the LA rating to say. Philadelphia the year before, mm-hmm. you know, the other NFC, uh, entrant. I mean, it, it was down pretty substantially, uh, this year. So I did, I think that the LA market and having the Rams in there, uh, hurt much more than I thought it uh, thought it would going in. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I do have to say, I, New Orleans is like one of my favorite uh, cities in, in the country And I love them even more now that they said they were going to boycott it and they followed through with that. I mean, that number coming out of New Orleans, I I just thought was great. Yeah,
1: (laughs) and actual people following through on a boycott, it's very rare. Um, Let me ask you this question because this was sent by at Jimmy P313, and I ask this all the time, and I think it's a great question, and I wonder it myself often. Are we ever going to find out any of the details of Jamie Horowitz's behavior that led to his firing at... Fox feels like he's gotten a free pass. Couldn't agree more with this tweeter.
2: I will say that uh, uh, he came out. Uh, what happened with him happened uh, right before um, Harvey Weinstein. Right, and uh, and 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 so in terms of timing, it, it feels in some ways like like he got off scot free. Um, uh, one thing I'll, I'll suggest is that you know, Jamie Horowitz is a consultant now and he's working with, uh, I think it's been reported that he's doing some stuff with uh, John Skipper over at DAZN. And I think he's doing things uh, in some different areas. If he really wants to get back into the business, um, my guess is he's going to do a a tell all with, with a reporter uh, uh, at some point that sort of starts to address these. So I, I think that, you know, His story is something that a lot of reporters have been chasing down. A lot of reporters have a a lot of uh, knowledge on. Uh, Nobody has anything that's that's sort of printable on it yet. But um, uh, my guess is that it it will be addressed at some point because he's still a a relatively young guy that wants to work in sports TV. Right. Well, that's what's
1: crazy about it. I've heard many, many, many stories off the record, but no one seems to have the full story on. on, uh, No one's written the full story yet.
2: Yeah, those are hard stories. Are right. I mean, yep. you guys, you you have to be right on those, and, and you have to get corroboration on those. And uh, I I do know a lot of people, a lot of uh, my colleagues, have uh, been standing out trying to get some stuff. And yeah, um, yeah I, I something's going to break sooner than later. I would guess on that.
1: All right, I have a question here about the Sopranos. Were you a
2: Sopranos viewer? I love I love the Sopranos.
1: All right, so we have here. This will be the last one. I mean, he's
2: he's dead, right? I mean, I, well, I, I hope that's not the question.
1: No spoilers. At Mister Bear 7 <laughs> asks, what is the most underrated Soprano scene? I'll give you mine, and then you can think about an answer. Mine is when Uncle Junior gets his arm stuck in the sink, and Janice and Richie <laughs> have to come get the soap to get him out. And that whole scene from start to finish is phenomenal because um, – Janice asked why he didn't call, call a plumber. Meanwhile, how's he going to call a plumber? His hand stuck in the sink. You know, Richie's trying to get him out and he's telling him to stop flexing and then Junior's all upset and Janice wants to know if he's coming to their engagement party and Junior gives her a dirty look. That is a phenomenal scene from start to finish season two. Uncle Junior, his hand stuck in the sink. John, do you have one?
2: Uh, you know what? I, 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 I'm on the spot now. I haven't seen it in years. Uh, so the one I'm going to bring up is... Uh, is I think it, it the the very first season, and it was uh it, it was the first time I think AJ was on on camera, right? And I was Carmela was there with with the priest and uh in, in their backyard, oh, and I yeah. think Tony Tony was in the scene, and it was just the dialogue in that, and uh, AJ was just so profane, and it was just like that was one of the ones where I was like. Boy, I'm going to love this. I'm going to love this series. Like I, I forget what the dialogue was. Oh, I, I just remember just being struck by
1: that. I thought you were too classy to say it, and I'm not, so I'll say it. It was when Olivia bails on Sunday dinner, and AJ says to Tony, Carmela, and the priest, "So what now? No fucking ZD. <laughs> that was the line right there, and that got the show started <laughs> perfectly. It. Yeah.
2: All Welcome right. to AJ. Exactly. Yeah.
1: All right, well, that was the perfect way to wrap this up. I appreciate you coming on, and uh, we covered a lot of topics. I appreciate the information. Eagles and Vikings on uh, Thanksgiving night is a good nugget there from John, and uh, keep keep up the good work. Appreciate you coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Anytime. Thanks, John. Take care. All right, my thanks to John O'Ran of Sports Business Journal. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter, and uh, if you're into sports media, obviously, he does a great job. Covering all that stuff, covered a lot of ground there. I should tell you that if you can subscribe to the SA Media podcast, it helps tremendously. If you're not a subscriber, so please subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, in the archives, we've got the full story on the Enverk firing from Andrew Marsh and who broke the story. That was last week's podcast. Steve Carell two weeks ago. If you haven't heard that and you're an Office fan, go check out Steve Carell, Bill Walton who this week ate a lit candle on a cupcake was on the podcast a few weeks ago and um if you heard him on the si media podcast you're not surprised he ate a lit candle if you have not heard him on the sports media si media podcast you should check it out because um makes perfect sense that he would eat a candle so hit the archives up steve carell bill walton the full story on the nn and got other stuff in there as well and like I said, my thanks to John O'Ran. Follow him on Twitter. His uh, Twitter handle is O'Ran O-U-R-A-N-D underscore S-B-J. John O'Ran from Sports Business Journal. Appreciate him coming on. Appreciate you guys listening. And uh, that wraps up this edition of the SI Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Traynor. We'll see you next week.
0: Take care.